Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, my name is Justin Kim and you're on Inverse and in the studio with us we have Israel and Siku and Sebastian, my friends, where we sit around a nicely stained wooden table mm. and we study the Bible together. Aloha. Uh, we're so glad that you could be with us. We are uh, tackling a topic that has been not only philosophical but also very profound and practical on the concept of giving and we're looking at different narratives of givers throughout Scripture. Uh, we're going to go to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, we are in episode 11. Uh, if you want to watch the first 10 episodes about givers and giving, you can go to hopetv.org slash universe and you can binge watch this quarter, this 13 episode arc or previous seasons on different topics about Scripture. Um, we may have a different set on the old ones. This is a new set that we're in, so you may compare and contrast. And let us know which set that you like better. Uh, we are <laughs> going to go to Acts chapter 5, and Israel, can you pray for us, please? Sure. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for the gift of your presence and the ability to understand your words to us. And Father, we just pray that as we open your word today that you would speak to us and that you would share how we can come up higher, become more and more like you. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Uh, Sebastian, can you, pray, uh, can you read for us? <laughs> sure. Can you read for us? Please? Absolutely. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not in your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, How is it? that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord. Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Okay, thank you, Sebastian. Man, that's a, a sobering narrative, mm -hmm. uh, especially with Sebastian reading it so well. It makes it just a lot of this more gravitas to, to that story. So uh, the, the lesson that the widow taught us is that she gave everything that she had. Yep. Um, and even though it seemed insignificant, even though it was a small gift, even though it was a small gift in comparison to the larger gifts that everybody else was giving, mm -hmm. Jesus saw that 
was moved to call his disciples to him because it was such a radical thing. Mm -hmm. And he said, this widow giving what seems to be small and meaningless and worthless is more in the eyes of God mm -hmm. than everything that everyone else has given. Mm -hmm. And so we have this extreme giver. The, ex the extremeness of the giving is not in the amount mm -hmm. of the uh, gift, but in the not in the quantity of the gift, but in the quality of the motivation mm -hmm. yes. that causes the gift. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's very tweetable and very, very refrigeratable. Meaning <laughs> um, on the refrigerator door, not in the cold, cold temperature. <laughs> Um, hey, let's go into context. Let's go to Acts chapter 4, verse 36. And just to give a little bit of context to the passage that Sebastian did read from. In verse 36, the Bible says, Now Jose, Jose, Joseph, Jose, who was also <laughs> named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Mm -hmm. You see parallels between that little vignette and then to Ananias and Sapphira. They both had some land. They both sold it. They both brought it to the apostles' feet, mm -hmm. and they both gave the money. But you have Ananias and Sapphira. They, 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 um, they retracted their donation, mm -hmm. um, and then a they lied. There's a cool contrast between the UC Barnabas, who's very faithful, and it's almost like he's kind of an afterthought. He's forgotten. And in many cases, kind of like, you know, you have children, you have the good kid, and you have the bad kid, and sometimes you focus so much on disciplining the bad kid that it's yep. the good kid you totally forget. Oh, yep. that's so sad. Uh, but here, the passage is definitely, you have, what, 11 verses dedicated to Ananias and Sapphira. Mm -hmm. um, any insights that you see from, from the juxtaposition of those two phrases? Oh. Israel? Go ahead. Uh, May I go first? Go ahead. Israel? Yeah. Please, thank you. Please, I'm the bus driver. <laughs> go ahead, Siku. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, is it okay if Siku goes, Mr. Justin? Go ahead, Siku. We will not hinder you. Now I have something to say. Okay. Um, that it's it's almost as if from this contra contrast, because yep. even starting from verse 32 yep. in chapter 4, you have that the people were, were selling their things. Mm -hmm. Like this was a thing that was actually happening. It wasn't just mm -hmm. Barnabas who did this. Mm -hmm. So that nobody was lacking because people would sell their possessions and they would give and those who had nothing and they, they would share and distribute mm -hmm. it among all the people. So there was, there was nobody who was lacking in anything. And the fact that it brings out Barnabas that he did this, um, it's almost as if it, it became like a, a popular thing to do. Mm -hmm. Like giving sacrificially was being done so frequently that it became the thing to do in the Christian church at the time. And so to be part of the cool kids club almost, mm. they're like, we're gonna do likewise. Which is fine to want to do good because you're seeing others doing good. But they wanted the privilege of being seen as giving sacrificially because we sold our land, but without actually following through with actually giving mm. of the produce, pro, uh, proceeds um, from that sale. Yep. Mm. So it was, they wanted the, the appearance of being givers. They wanted the appearance of being the widow, you know, mm -hmm. with, her, with, her, with, her, to, with her might. Um, and yet, they didn't want to actually do what it took to be that person. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that to me is um, a, 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 a very relevant thing today that we can seem and want to appear to be radical we want to appear to be dedicated to God. We want to appear to be these type of faithful, extreme, or grateful givers because we understand that, um, you know, as I heard a quote that says, hypocrisy always pays compliment to virtue, right? People pretend to be things that are gonna gain some sort of social standing. Mm -hmm. And so in our day, whatever we think is gonna gain a social standing, people are willing to do just because, again, I, I don't wanna have to do the work 
But if I can at least appear this way, even though I know behind it's just a sham and get away with it, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and pause it that way. And I was reading recently how people are doing like fake interviewing, right? Where it's like, oh, I know Justin is a software engineer and I'm not. So I'm going to have Justin do the interview. And then when it's over and he gets the, I get the job, but it was Justin interviewing for me, then I go in and get the job. Mm -hmm. Oh, cause it's all because it's all online and stuff. Right, it was all online. And in my mind, I was thinking like, how crazy is this, right? Like you're literally going to let someone else do the interview, answer the stuff, explain, yeah, this guy really knows what he's doing. And, and then, then like, I solve this problem. You're like, yeah. what? You have to have <laughs> a job after that. And that literally happened. Somebody was at a hospital. He got a job as an electrician because of his friend, did not know what he was doing, and several medical machines shut down in the hospital. And as a result of that, right, several patients were in trouble. He just walked out of the hospital <laughs> and just left. And literally the hospital was in a, in a, a whole uh, tragic experience. Yeah. And to me, if that's what would happen to a hospital, imagine if God allowed this to continue in the church mm -hmm. and what would have happened to the church. So you can understand the extremity of the reaction and the consequence mm -hmm. for them to drop. Why, why is it that we want the praise of God's, God's people and not the, the praise, praise of God? Of God. So. Yeah. himself yeah why why because we're dumb we're, <laughs> we're, we're slow yeah. apart yeah. tell us Israel tell yeah, us share with us more well I I wanted to, I, I wasn't done with because you know Siku was saying something but you said I was going to say something oh, okay. but then he we're jumped sorry. in yeah we're giving you can that. I come back yeah, yeah. For sure because no because this point is to me this point I'm just seeing it now for the first time and it's like super convicting you know we talked about how uh Barnabas he gets such a small piece of the pie right? The narrative pie. Yep. And then you have uh, Ananias and Sapphira, they get this enormous, enormous piece of yep. the pie. Mm -hmm. And the question is like, you know, why? How, you know, we compare these two. And as I was processing that, it dawned on me that what Barnabas did is something that should be natural. Like that should not be newsworthy. Faithfulness mm -hmm. to God right. should not be something that is newsworthy. I am yep. being faithful to God. But the funny thing is that to us, it matters so much. Like, hey, God, watch me be faithful to you. Everybody, look mm. at me. I'm being faithful to God. Uh, you know, let me take a picture of my faithfulness to God. Let mm. me tweet my faithfulness to God. Yeah. And so we're more worried about the, the, the we're, we're more worried about the pie than we're worried about the faithfulness to God. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then what's crazy is that God takes all this time to speak to us of what happens when we are unfaithful to God. Why? Because these people are being deceptive, right? right? I mean, they're essentially like what you were saying earlier, these people are hypocrites. Yeah. And I think that the reason why he takes so much time to talk about this story and to make it so sobering, I mean, I was convicted as you were reading, I'm like, oh snap, I better never be found like, you know, I don't want to die like this, right? right? Yeah. And I think the reason why so much, uh, uh, such a large portion of scripture is dedicated to this is because God is saying, look, I do not want you to forget how much I hate hypocrisy and deception. Mm -hmm. It will destroy your soul. Mm -hmm. And I put this huge old piece of pie for you to think about how much I hate this and what the consequences, what the sure consequences are. Your soul will be destroyed if you uh, come to God in, a, in the spirit of hypocrisy or deception. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like when we were talking about the, the pieces of the pie, one being huge, one being small, I was really convicted of that, of that concept, of that idea. And I was like, man, this thing is heavy. Yeah. Why is it that we worry so much? Why is it that we want to be so acknowledged when we're being faithful, when that should be the natural thing? 
yeah. right? And, and on top of the fact that the acknowledgement is not the thing of significance. That's what Ananias and Sapphira wanted. Mm -hmm. They wanted to have the acknowledgement that they were radical because you understand that prior to this story, the Holy Spirit was poured out from Peter's preaching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what inspired the giving. Mm -hmm. That's why it says, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like the Holy Spirit convicted you. You said yes, mm -hmm. and you actually thought you could come to the Holy Spirit and say, oh, I sold it for this much, knowing full well you didn't, mm. because I just want the acknowledgement from everybody else, from human, you know, what you're mm -hmm. talking about, the human, the human aspect of it, when I don't want to really be radically committed to God. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to have a full surrendered relationship to the Holy Spirit and obey and follow it through. That's not what you truly want. You just want the acknowledgement that comes with that. And I believe that there's, there's a, there's an element sometimes, Justin, to, to your question earlier, that we think we can have both, right? The cake and eat it too. We want to be able to have the acknowledgement, but yet still maintain these other things, like keep up with the Joneses financially, like whatever, whatever, but not recognizing that all these individuals who may have both paid their dues, like Abraham and Job's and all these different people, like, yes, they were wealthy and had <laughs> quite a bit. They were also sacrificial and surrendering in their relationship to God, but let's look at the things they went through mm -hmm. to get there. Yeah. And that's the problem is like, we want the crown without the cross. I want the glory without the suffering. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I want the acknowledgement without the actual selling and bringing and laying at the apostles' feet. Mm -hmm. yeah. And ultimately, you're, that is, there's nothing more further from the Spirit of God than such an action. Yeah. Yeah. That's like God saying, I died for you, but I really didn't. Mm -hmm. I just want to make it look like I died for you, yeah. but I really didn't. You know, the, the, the biblical phrase that comes to my mind is that having a form of godliness, but mm. denying the power thereof. Yeah. 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 That the power of godliness transforms you, mm -hmm. right? So if the Holy Spirit puts on your heart to give, the act of giving actually changes you, mm -hmm. right? The, the, yeah. the experience of following through with what God's Word has called you to do has a transformative effect on who you are, right? Mm -hmm. But we would like to appear like, <laughs> you know, we, 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 you know, because we know the Word or we, we've received, you know, the mm -hmm. truth but we refuse to let it actually transform us by following through with what God, the convictions that God has put on our hearts. Mm. And if we would allow God's Word to work itself in us, then we would actually be different people coming out of that. So I believe Barnabas, I mean, later on, Barnabas is a, is a powerful worker for God. Yeah, he's an you know? he's, yeah. yeah, and apparently this experience that he had of, of actually giving laid the groundwork. It yeah. laid, yes, of, of sacrificing his life, of putting his life on the line yes. for the gospel and doing all that it takes in order to push the, the world yeah, In forward. many ways it kind of freed him. He sold his land, he's left Bola. Cyprus, and now he can travel the world with Paul mm. and, and the, the many young guys uh, with <laughs> him and encourage them and, and uh, he had the finances to support. Yeah. And, and God, right, calls him in about six or seven chapters where the Holy Spirit says, separate me, Paul and Barnabas. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, because he was obedient at this stage, can you imagine if you're an unfaithful giver, you're literally undermining the Holy Spirit's ultimate calling and desire to use you? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it's like, what would the Holy Spirit have used Ananias and Sapphira to do? Yeah. Had they been faithful in following through? God could have maybe called uh, them uh, apart, you know, Ananias yes. and Sapphira go with Paul and, and, and who knows, who knows, who knows. Uh, I, want, I want to bring out one point here that I want to also ask you a question on. I think we don't want to gloss over this point. Uh, if you go to verse 3, uh, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart 
uh, excuse me, your heart to, to lie to the Holy Spirit. Mm. And you compare that to verse 4. Verse 4 says, While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Mm. There is a synonymous uh, equating of the Holy Spirit with God. Mm. We see that the Holy Spirit is not some energy or some force right. or some like just mood that they're in, mm -hmm. but it's actually the person of God equated with God Himself. And when you lie to the Holy Spirit, you're lying to God. To. It's the yeah. same. Mm. You're yeah. seeing the 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 the. the, the two persons of the Godhead here. Mm. Um, I want to ask you how, you know, do, do we have land? I mean, do you, do you, have you sold it and have you, have you pulled back? How do, how do uh, we do this in a modern context? How do we lie to God? Um, and maybe we say something and we pull back a little bit of it or whatnot, and we may not necessarily get the ramifications that, that are immediate like in this passage. That's right. Um, is that because God has changed? Is that God's mercy or, or what? Let, tell us more about that kind of application. Israel and then Siku. I, well, as I said before, I think it's, the, what I said before, I think is the answer to this. You know, the, the application says anytime I'm deceitful, mm. anytime I'm a hypocrite, mm -hmm. I am essentially using the gifts that God has given to me, which is the gift of time, the gift of speech, mm. the gift of money, whatever gift it is, everything that I have is a gift from God. Whenever, whenever I don't use 100% of it to uh, reflect God, and I only use a portion of that, even though I claim to be a Christian, that's exactly what I'm doing. I said, look, I've, I'm claiming to be a Christian. To be a Christian requires to sell all that we have, right? I mean, the, you know, the Gospels teaches that. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I say I've sold everything that I have to be a Christian, and now all the gifts that I possess are for the service of God to reflect His glory, mm -hmm. His love, His character. And whenever I don't do that, I'm essentially doing what Ananias and Sapphira did. So right? this is not necessarily a financial transactional sin. This is, can be a spiritual gift, right. yeah. uh, misapplication right. altogether. This is, the, the, the sin here is the sin of hypocrisy mm -hmm. and of deception. Mm -hmm. And we experience that or we're tempted by that all the time. Mm -hmm. and, and the lesson, which is a, a serious lesson, is that, and almost even worse, is that whenever we engage in that, even though we might not feel it in our lives, yeah. we are being destroyed. Mm -hmm. We are destroying our life in this world and the ability for the life in the world to come. And something of, of note here is that um, when they brought when they brought their money, uh, they were, the the apostles may not have known how much the land was sold for. Right, mm -hmm. this commitment that they made was between them and God, and they conspired as husband and wife to deceive the apostles as to what amount they actually sold the property for. Mm. Um, so that this deception, it's not even like that you're deceiving a person, but that we could attempt to deceive God who already knows everything, mm -hmm. right? But it's the fact that we are, we're not being faithful to the full extent that God has called us to. And, you know, I, I think of it uh, in terms of like even God's Word, like what God's Word has required of us. And we may make a show of having made a commitment to it, but I know in my heart that I have not fully surrendered, mm. right? I went up for the appeal or, you know, I said that 
I'm giving my life to Jesus. But I know that there are those things in my life that I haven't surrendered to him. You know, my music, yeah, everything but my music, right? Or everything but but my time, the time that I go to bed, right? You know, like, I mean, everything but my entertainment. Like, there are areas in my life, pieces of my heart that I'm like, yeah, I'll give God everything. And maybe even on the outside, it may seem like, whoa, this person's so committed, so active in church, you know, so... And yet I know between me and God that maybe other people cannot see that I have not made that full commitment. Yeah. And I was going to say another thing that, that, <laughs> sorry, ahead, another thing that struck me on this was, was that as husband and wife, they conspired mm -hmm. together. Mm. They were supposed that's an to be. interesting combination, yeah. Yeah, they're supposed to be accountability for each other, right? I mean, that's what marriage is supposed to be. You're supposed to be helping mm. each other heavenward. But he said they agreed. Yes, right? which means they had a conversation. They were in cahoots. Yes, and decided like, between them. At no point did one of them be like, yeah, but don't you think God knows? I mean, which is, which is a violation of the, marriage the marital marriage. vow itself, right. which is where I was going to go is that. The, <laughs> and you're going. Go there. <laughs> <laughs> which is where you are going. <laughs> it's all right. Go ahead. Is, is the fact that he says, why have you lied? Which means there was a vow. Mm -hmm. There was a verbal commitment, right? You said this, but you're doing something different. And so you can you could almost have a sense that when you look in the modern world of the vows that we've made, right, whether it be marriage, whether it be baptism, yeah. and you see the struggles that come with that, that unfaithful giver, right, is going to is going to look at those things and say in a modern context, well, yeah, I did promise to live my life in harmony with the word of God when I was baptized. And then when the word of God is presented to me to show that a part of my life is not in harmony with that word, I have an argument. I have an excuse. I have a reason why I'm not going to surrender to that. You're doing Ananias and Sapphira. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're stepping into a space where, again, I want to pr continue to claim to be Christian. I want to continue to claim to be a disciple of Jesus. But I love Jesus's question, you know, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things that I say? Yeah because ultimately that's really what it is, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're going to claim the relationship, but you're not going to give them the privileges yeah. of that relationship. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm not gonna obey you in all things. I'm not gonna trust you in all things. I'm not gonna submit to you in all things. And that's why I think in our modern time, we make commitments to God. Yeah. We make promises to God, whether people know it or not. And then when it comes time to deliver, then it's like, well, I'll just do this. And what you may have laid at the apostles' feet is enough for other people to say, wow, like, that's significant. But between God, you've lied to the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. in the end. What's, what's fascinating for me, and I, and I have this uh, observation and a question to you, go, oh, I was listening to Sika, that's, that's, pow that's powerful, the, the, the marriage, marriage thing, the partners, they're in cahoots together. It's very interesting that as Peter does his investigation, that he separates the two, mm -hmm. right? And they're, it's like they're playing bad cop, you know, good cop, but just, you know, one, one, one another. But, um, there's an opportunity for them to repent. Right. Yeah. There, yeah. There's an opportunity to like, didn't you do this? And their response should have been like, yes, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I did lie. Uh, it's it's in character. It, it, it's with the character of God to have have forgiven them, but they don't say anything. They right. they 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 just they don't do anything. Right. I just remember like my sons. You know, when when I know that they they don't do anything, it's not that I punish them for what they did bad. It's like, hey, did you do yeah. this? And they're like, nope. The, but the evidence is, is clear. Like we have you on videotape. There. Yes. There's no doubt. Like, did you do this? 
nope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then hey, now it's now it's judgment, executive judgment. Time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we got it. We got. We're not going to ask you judgment. what that is. <laughs> it's not the fact that it's something bad, but their resistance to yeah. confess mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. repent. We see mm -hmm. later on Revelation, those who are destroyed. It's mm -hmm. and and they experience immediate uh, uh, judgment here. Let me question: Is this? In the early church, boom, this happened immediately. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you, you're going to yeah. see those, the, foot people, the footsteps of those who carried your husband out. Boom, she, she, he, mm -hmm. she died. Why don't we see that now? Yeah. I, Why so immediate then and not now? Well, I think obviously the church is, is a baby church. It's beginning to grow. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, up prior, prior to this, Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 3, you have... You have uh, attacks from all over, mm. attacks from outside, attacks from, you know, the Jews, attacks from the Greeks. Now you have finally attacks from within. Mm. And what, what God is saying is the church will mm. move forward, you know, and I will make a statement of how unstoppable the church is going to be when it is dedicated to me. Mm. Now, if you, and I think it's important, we cannot, we cannot end the show with, without looking at verses 12 through 14. Okay. So what happens here is after this hypocrisy is taken care of, after God eliminates hypocrisy from the church, which is the worst, by the way, it's the worst um, attack. It is the worst threat to the church, the threat from within. Notice mm -hmm. what happens in verse 12. And it says, and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And notice it says they were all of one accord in Solomon's porch. Look at verse 13. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. This is crazy, right? Mm -hmm. People were so scared to join the church because of its elevated holy stature. Yes. And it continues on and it says, verse 14, I love this part. It says, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. This is an increase in the language that is being used. You know, before you had 2,000 people being baptized. Right. There were men, whatever, whatever. Now you have mm -hmm. multitudes of both men and women, which shows us what happens when hypocrisy is eliminated from God's church. Mm. When hypocrisy is taken away from God's church, and you and I, we live the lives that we are called to live. The impact is so profound that people look at the church as a holy entity and they're afraid to associate with it because of its connection to God. Mm -hmm. And the people that do are not members, but they are believers of both men and women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. You know, this is, uh, so is not the first time, but many times in our, in our conversation in verse, we get convicted <laughs> on the things that, that we were talking about. And uh, hypocrisy is a real thing. And we need to, wouldn't it be just awesome to see God's church where all hypocrisy is eliminated once again? Mm -hmm. And it will happen. It will happen before Jesus comes again. Yeah. And I know that's my prayer. I know that's the prayer for my friends here. Hopefully that's your prayer out there. As we look at the hypocrites in the church and hypocrites out of the church, hypocrites are everywhere. They're, it's the one that's speaking to you right now is also a hypocrite. And it's only the Lord Jesus who can heal us of this hypocrisy. Mm. And hopefully that's your prayer as well. We hope this conversation, this discussion has been a blessing to you. I know it's been a blessing to me. Uh, we'll see you next week here in Inverse as we continue talking about making God first. God bless you. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible.
Until next time, this is Inverse.